You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? What's up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. And today, I want to talk about the best shooters in the 2021 NBA Draft class. If you've been following the NBA, you know shooting is probably the most valuable skill or the most valuable asset today. I mean, every team is looking for floor spacing, whether it's a big that can pick and pop, whether it's three and D wings, or your superstar that can knock down the open shot and create threes off the dribble. But I can't talk about threes without mentioning what Steph Curry has been doing the last few weeks. If you've been paying attention, or I should say, if you have not been paying attention, Steph is on like this remarkable run that is outstanding for even Steph Curry but I saw this tweet today that absolutely blew my mind it came from Tommy Beer he says if Steph Curry missed each of his next 500 three-point attempts and they're saying let's say he went 0 for 500 for the next two seasons he'd still have a higher three-point percentage than Ray Allen (laughs) yes Ray Allen that's crazy And if he missed his next 600, he'd have a higher three-point percentage or career three-point percentage than Reggie Miller. That that absolutely blew my mind. Steph Curry had made more threes this week than pretty much every team in the NBA outside of the Dallas Mavericks, which, again, for Steph Curry, I mean, widely known as the best three-point shooter in NBA history. And... Even though you know that, these numbers that he's been putting up this past week and just over his career have been impressive. So I don't think you're going to find a Steph Curry in this draft, but it's it's important because I'd say Steph has played a major role in changing the NBA as far as like three-point shooting. I mean, you can say... There were teams that were shooting threes before him. But I feel like with Golden State being like the first team that people recognized to win a championship with an offense focused around the three ball, I think it kind of changed the landscape of the NBA with the whole pace and space. I mean, I guess you can say the Phoenix Suns did it with their with their teams in the mid-2000s under D'Antoni. But overall... I mean, when you think of three-point shooting and you think of, like, team shooting threes, I I would say the Golden State Warriors of the last few years come to mind. So with that being said, I wanted to talk about the best three-point shooters in this 2021 NBA draft class. But before I get into that, this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off your next order. Now, the prospect that is widely regarded as the number one shooter in this draft class is Corey Kispert, the 6'7", 220-pound senior from Gonzaga. Had an amazingly efficient senior season, 
shot 44% from three. And just listen to these numbers. 41.3% on jump shots, shot 40.8% on catch and shoot opportunities in the half court, 48.7% on unguarded catch and shoot opportunities, and he shot 43.3% on jump shots off the dribble. Now, I think that the role that he'll fill in the NBA is as a spot-up shooter. He's an efficient shooter. You can run him off screens, off pin downs. Occasionally, he'll he'll be able to shoot threes off the dribble. Not necessarily like facing up and dancing off the dribble, but more so putting the ball on the floor off of one dribble, maybe off of like dribble handoffs and shooting. He's going to be a major threat as a spot-up shooter in transition. Over his career, he shot over 40% from three in his four seasons. And the last two years, 44% as a senior, 43.8% as a junior. I mean, he is a dead-eye shooter. I know there's been a lot of comparisons to Joe Harris, who took a little bit of time to adjust to the NBA. But overall, most people are, are going to agree that Corey Kispert is the number one prospect in this draft class as far as being a floor spacer. But I have a player who arguably, and I'm going to make my point, arguably is a better three-point shooter And that is, surprisingly, Cade Cunningham. Now, Cade came into the season as, you know, widely regarded as the number one overall prospect in the 2021 NBA draft class. And he did not disappoint, had a magnificent freshman year, was easily the best player in the country. And I don't think there was any debate about that. I thought that coming into the season, there were concerns about him as a shooter And he more than answered those concerns. But this is why I say he has a case to be the best three-point shooter. Or let's say the most versatile three-point shooter in this class. He shot 40% from three. If you look at his numbers, if you take a deep dive and break down his numbers, I guess I've used the word impressive a few times. But it is absolutely impressive If you consider a breakdown of his attempts on how he shot 40% from three, he was able to be efficient from deep. And I mean, just depending on how do you want it, he gave you threes in pretty much every variety, step backs, jab steps, sliding to the corner, handoffs, shooting, going left, knocking down threes in transition. I mean, he shot 36.4% on jump shots total but 43.9% on catch-and-shoot opportunities, which ranked in the top 90 percentile in all of college basketball. Check this out. According to Synergy, he shot 47% on guarded catch-and-shoot opportunities and 39.1% on unguarded opportunities, which is a little weird. You'd think the numbers would flip-flop there. But the most impressive, again, that's the word I'm using, thing about his stats is he had 140 eight possessions this year where he shot jump shots off the dribble just the degree of difficulty on his shots and the fact that he was efficient I really believe you can make a case and say he's the best shooter in the country just because of the variety of shots that he took so it's kind of a hot take but I really think if a person sat and watched the film and did somewhat of a deep dive they'd understand that the gap between Kispert and Kate Cunningham is not all that big. 
Also, you have to figure that Kispert is a senior, Cade is a freshman. So the upside for Cade to be a great shooter in the NBA, I think is I think is high. And that's why I have him in a tier by himself. And whatever team selects him, whether it's the Rockets, the Pistons, the Timberwolves, Orlando, I think you have a superstar foundational piece that you can build around. So that's why I'm so high on Kate Cunningham. And like I said earlier, the fact that he came into this season with question marks about his shooting and the fact that I'm mentioning him as arguably the best shooter in this draft is once again, the word I'm using impressive. Coming up next, I'll cover a few more shooters who I believe could be selected in the first round of the 2021 NBA Draft. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props are almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, promo code Locked On. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, you're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies, and this episode is about the guys who I feel are some of the best shooting prospects in the 2021 NBA Draft class. The next prospect that I want to talk about is probably the highest riser on draft boards over the last, let's say, 30 to 60 days. It is Davion Mitchell from the NCAA champion Baylor Bears. Mitchell is somewhat of a divisive prospect in a sense. There's a lot of debate on his upside as a shooter or even if the shooting numbers that he put up this year will be sustainable. But let's just get into the stats. He shot 44.7% from three. And one of the things that I I like to look at when I watch film is not just looking at the percentage, but also looking at the degree of difficulty in the shots, which is something that we talked about with Cade. Mitchell shoots a good percentage of his threes off the dribble. He does a good job of mixing defenders up and creating space with his east to west crossover. And the reason it works is because you have to respect his first step. I think he's one of the better athletes in this draft as far as burst and having a quick first step. 40% of his threes were unassisted. So that means a lot of his shots were created off the dribble. Um, He does a good job of relocating and finding open spaces for threes when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. He shot an awesome 43.6% on jump shots, which ranked in a 93rd or top 93rd percentile in all of college basketball. Shot 43.5% on catch and shoot opportunities, 50% when he was listed as unguarded, according to Synergy, on catch and shoot opportunities. Off the dribble, 43.6% 
which was in the top 95 percentile. So he's really consistent in the 43, 44 percent range, whether it's off the dribble, catch and shoot. And the 46.3% field goal percentage on shots off the dribble ranked in the top 95 percentile. So not much better than that. My here's the big concern. Only shot 32.4% as a sophomore and 28.8% in 2018 as a freshman at Auburn. And if you're one of these people that believe that free throw percentage is a good indicator of three-point percentage or overall touch, He's only a 66% shooter from the foul line, and he doesn't really get to the foul line a lot. So there's a lot of concern about whether or not this is just a hot year. Um, His age is going to play a little bit of a factor in some people's opinions on where he should be drafted. I mean, on one hand, do you hold it against them that he shot below 33% in his first two seasons? Or do you look at it as... He put in the work and he put in the time and improved his jump shot because he made a huge jump over 12% increase in his three-point field goal percentage. And also, like I mentioned, he shot a fairly high amount of his jump shots off the dribble. So that comes from putting in work. I mean, he was consistent whether he was shooting off the dribble or in catch and shoot opportunities. So I'm going to be a believer and buy stock in his long-term upside as a shooter. Next, I want to talk about his teammate from, again, the NCAA champion, Baylor Bears. It is Jared Butler. Butler shot 41.6% from three. I think he's good at creating space off the dribble. He shot around 34%, which ranked in the top 77 percentile on jump shots off the dribble. But he's really good at scoring off of pin downs and action plays. I think he can play both guard spots. Baylor guards were really good at finding open spaces in the defense as far as like relocating and just finding the gaps. They got a lot of looks from offensive rebounds created by Mark Vidal. And if you watch their film, you'll see that a lot of the catch and shoot opportunities literally came from somebody missing a shot. Mark Vidal, who shout out to Mark. I've known Mark since he was in high school. He is just an, an absolute glue guy grinder just plays a winning style of basketball and even though he's like undersized to be a five or I mean he played a lot of the four also he just has a nose for the ball and that created a lot of open looks for his teammates and as far as Butler he shot 51 percent on catch and shoot threes he knocked down 53 percent of those when he was guarded while 50 percent while he was unguarded so not much variation on his catch and shoot opportunities, whether he had a hand in his face or he was wide open. He ranked in the top 98 percentile on catch and shoot opportunities in the top 90 percentile in college basketball on overall threes. 71 percent of his threes were assisted. So, again, he's capable of knocking down shots off the bounce. And here's an interesting stat. kind of like teased it earlier. Davion Mitchell is the much better athlete. He's more explosive. But Jared Butler gets to the free throw line more than Mitchell, and he had three times as many dunks this season. So that's an interesting stat I wanted to throw out that is totally not related to three-point shooting. But the next prospect that I wanted to discuss as having a first-round grade for me and one of the better shooters in this draft, and you can probably make a case and say that he was the most complete three-point shooter 
in this draft, and it is Chris Duarte from Oregon. Shot 42.4% from three. He's a 6'6", 190-pound senior. Averaged 17 points per game, 53% from the floor. Like I mentioned, 42% from three. Shot 80% from the line. So he has all the the I guess numbers you look for when you when you are looking to label someone a shooter. I think he's an advanced shooter. He's good at shooting on the move. He can create space off the dribble. Has a jab step. He likes to shoot with this hang dribble side step three. He has the step backs. And like I mentioned, he's good at creating space to get a shot off with his feet. A very confident shooter, not afraid to let it fly. And his 42% was on five attempts per game. He pulls up in transition. He has a quick trigger. Has pretty form. Every shot to me looks like it's good. He shot 45% on jump shots overall, which ranked in the top 94 percentile. 47.7% on catch and shoot opportunities. And out of those catch and shoot opportunities, he shot a blistering hot 60% on unguarded catch and shoot opportunities. Converted 44.4% of his jumpers off the dribble. I think he's a first round pick. And I know people are going to hold his age against him. He'll be 24 on draft day. But I think this actually helps him. He should fall to a good playoff team and come in and contribute right away. And think about in the range. Let's say he is mid-first round pick, right? And as of today, he falls into the range of going to teams like Charlotte could use a floor spacer. He might actually be too old for the Oklahoma City Thunder. who will have the Miami Heat pick. He would... He just may not fit their timeline. I mean, I, it looks like they're only looking for guys 22 and under. Uh, Memphis, Atlanta, Boston, New York, Houston, um, which, you know, Houston will be picking high in the draft. But the Lakers, um, Denver, I mean, those are teams that he could fall to and come in and be able to contribute right away. So, so I think Duarte's age hurts him in a sense as teams projecting his upside but I think it helps him as far as landing in the right fit and being able to come in and contribute right away to a team that's playing winning basketball so I really like Chris Duarte as a first round pick and again like I mentioned you can make a case and say he is the most complete three-point shooter in this draft and I think it's between him Kate Cunningham and you know obviously Kispert is you know, like I said, a lot of people think he's the best overall shooter, but I don't think that he has the same upside or shot chart or creativity or degree of difficulty as Katie Cunningham and Chris Duarte. And when I return, I'll discuss a few more shooters who I believe have first round grades. And also, I'll cover a few of the guys who I believe are the best shooters that should be available in the second round. If you've been listening to the Locked One Network, then you know we've been telling you about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the market. We've been telling you about this for quite a while. But if you haven't, Built Bar is this amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar that is 100% chocolate on each and every bar. And if you missed it, we had what we call Built Bar Madness, which was like an NCAA tournament style competition between all of the Built Bars. And the champion was Coconut Brownie Chunk over Mint Brownie Chunk. It was a tough competition. But if you missed it and you didn't vote or you have another opinion, you can try all the different flavors. Go to BuiltBar.com or at Bar underscore Built on Twitter 
Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And now you can see if you disagree with the champion, you can decide which is the best tasting protein bar. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog, it's a unique and remarkably easy catalog to navigate. Quickly, you can see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. And the best thing about rockauto.com is the prices are always reliably low, whether you're a professional or you're a do-it-yourselfer. Go to rockauto.com right now, and you can see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how did you hear about us box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft with the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. We have scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts like myself. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, rounding out the players or the shooters that I feel like could hear the name called in the first round on draft day, I have Trey Mann out of Florida. He creates a large percentage of his threes. Only 32% of his trade balls were assisted. He shot 40% off the dribble with an adjusted field goal percentage of 53.3% off the bounce. He was sixth in NCAA in points per possession on jumpers off the dribble. He also ranked 21st in the nation on field goal percentage on jumpers off the dribble for guys with a minimum of 100 attempts. Only 31 catch and shoot attempts all season. He made a respectable 35.5% of them. He's a guy that I would say is more so of a scorer than shooter, but I mean, he can fill it up, score points in bunches. And he's like a new wave of player that can create a shot from deep. I remember back in the day, you didn't really see a lot of guys that could shoot threes off the dribble or created their own three-point attempts. A lot of it was catch and shoot, spot ups or off screens. And so he he represents this new wave of players where they're dangerous with the ball in their hands or, or dangerous three-point shooters with the ball in their hands and can beat you shooting off the dribble, even though it's not really considered like an efficient shot. But there are some guys that have made it such a big part of their arsenal that it is efficient for them. The next player I want to discuss is Moses Moody. Did not shoot 40% from three like everyone else that I have listed. Shot a respectable 36% from three on five attempts per game. He made 58 threes and the 32 games he played his freshman season at Arkansas. Shot about 38% on jump shots overall, 36% on catch and shoots. He knocked down 45% when he was unguarded in catch and shoot situations. Shot a respectable 39% off the dribble. I think Moody is a lottery pick. And at the very minimum, I project him to be a 3 and D wing who is capable of coming off screens or pin downs. I think he shoots an effortless shot. And I just think that with his 
age. I mean, he's one of the youngest players in the draft. And his positional size, I, I definitely see him as a lottery pick in this draft. The next player that I, I believe will be a first-round pick is Jaden Springer from Tennessee. Now, on paper, he shot 43% from deep, but it was only on 46 attempts for the season. He made 20 out of those 46. Shot or, you know, a decent 36% on catch-and-shoot jumpers. He showed some flashes of being able to knock down escape dribble threes, but he's on this list more so due to his upside than actual production. He'll only be 18 on draft day, and despite the small sample size, he was one of the more efficient shooters in the country. The next player who I want to talk about is someone that I, I first saw him or first came on my radar as an NBA prospect was in the Oklahoma State game early in the season. It's Max Apesmith from, or A. Smith, man, I probably pronounced that wrong, from Oral Roberts. Buckets. <laughs> That's the best way to describe him. He averaged 24 points per game, shot over 43% from deep. He is... Also a guy that I feel like is more so of a scorer than shooter, but he is a special scorer who, you know, I feel like he's the threat to put the ball in the basket as soon as he steps off the bus. Now, now listen to these numbers. Made 97 threes as a sophomore. He shoots from all over the floor. At least four threes I saw were from the logo in the NCAA tournament. And, I mean, you know, the, the logo in the NCAA tournament is is extended. So I'm not saying he was shooting at half court, but it was beyond NBA range. And he lets it fly, whether it's deep threes in transition, deep threes in transition off the dribble, step backs, catch and shoots, pin downs. He relocates off missed shots. He shot a whopping 50% on catch and shoot situations. He ranked in the top 98 percentile when he was guarded in catch-and-shoot situations and converted over 50%. Now, think about that. Everyone knows that he is, like, you know, one of the leading scorers in the nation, if not the leading scorer in the nation. And he's not getting a lot of wide-open looks. If he did get wide-open looks, it may have been just uh, off a total collapse of the defense. I saw him get some off of... You know, where he relocated off of, you know, a missed shot or offensive rebound. Every defense was geared to stop him. And when he was guarded and he had a hand in his face, he still knocked down 50% of his catch-and-shoot situations. Even when he was unguarded, it was 51%. So it didn't matter if there was a hand in his face or he was wide open. He still knocked down half of his attempts on catch-and-shoot situations. Very dangerous score. Especially off the dribble, he ranked in the top 95 percentile shooting off the dribble, converting over 43.6% of his attempts. Easily the baddest 165-pound player in NCAA. Now, I think there will be some questions about his size and his NBA position, but he just turned 20 years old, and the NBA is always looking for scorers or shooters. So I think that he'll he'll be a second-round pick if he chooses to enter the draft which to me makes a lot of sense. I mean, I don't know what he could do from an individual standpoint as a junior that he didn't do as a sophomore. So so he's someone that, I mean, I wouldn't even be shocked to see him sneak up like late in the first round. I know he just doesn't pass the eye test. Like I said, he's 165 pounds, listed at 6'1". So there's going to be a lot of concerns about who he 
about, like I said, his position and who he can defend. But there's no denying that that the guy puts the ball in the bucket. A few other guys that I think could hear their name selected in the second round. You got Joe Wieskamp from Iowa. He shot 46% from three. You got Matt Hurt from Duke. He'd be the only player in the NBA that shoots a flat-footed behind-the-head set shot. At 6'8", I I think that he could be a threat to be like a pick-and-pop guy. And he came into college basketball with the reputation of being a great shooter. And, you know, 44% as a sophomore. He was one of the few bright spots, at least in my opinion, for Duke. There's quite a few more guys that I feel like could hear their names selected in the second round that are, are pretty good shooters. I mean, you can go from Miles McBride from West Virginia. You got Jay Huff, who could be a pick-and-pop threat. You got Quentin Grimes from Houston, shot 40% from three. Isaiah Livers from Michigan is also a guy that I feel like could hear his name called on draft day. There's, you know, other guys, Sam Hauser, Trey Murphy. You got even players like Jason Preston from Ohio, who shot 39% from three. Kessler Edwards, John Petty is the name that I think could also be drafted. Or if he's not drafted, I, I definitely think that he can um, carve out a role in the NBA. It's, I think, a pretty decent class of shooters. I, I forgot to mention guys like Cam Thomas, who is a very streaky shooter who can get hot and put up points in bunches. Um, Marcus Bagley is another guy that is one of the better shooters in this draft, especially with his positional size. You got Bones Highland from VCU, who I think is a pretty good shooter. And I mean, there's more guys that I'll list as we get closer to draft day, but these are the guys that I wanted to cover in today's episode. So thank you for listening again. And like I mentioned in previous in, in previous podcasts, stay tuned. Check us out tomorrow on here on Locked On NBA Draft. I mean, we have a, a pretty solid team of guys that eat, sleep, and breathe NBA Draft. So once again, this is Raphael from NBA Draft Junkies. Thank you for listening. And I'm out.